Welcome to the third episode of By the Way, a podcast of Founders Christian School that aims to help our families pursue a Christian education as they go, by the way, because education is bigger than the classroom. Uh, again, thanks for, for everyone that's tuning in, and uh, we, we appreciate uh, your feedback. If you do have questions for us you want us to address, uh, type those questions into, uh, send those into questions at founderschristian.org, and we'll get to them. Well, as you can see, we have a, a special guest today. Um, our very own Amy Malott. Uh, she is a uh, upper school teacher, uh, teaches English at Founders Christian School, and wanted to invite her on because our topic today is uh, what are some practical tips for managing a classroom environment in your home? Um, and Amy has some experience in that area. So uh, what is your experience with uh, homeschooling and managing a classroom? Yeah, so um, we have been homeschooling now for... I want to say five years. It all kind of blends together after a while. Um, started with our youngest was in second grade and our oldest was uh, brought him home as a freshman in high school, which people kind of say is crazy and it was, but it worked. Um, so we've su successfully graduated one. He's a sophomore in college now and my younger one is in eighth grade now. And so um have a little bit of experience, not with multiple children at one time, but also um, have been in the homeschool community long enough to have gleaned um, ideas of how people make that work. So, Well, we're, we're happy to have you on. Thank I was you. sitting here thinking through uh, the best I could practical tips. And I thought, why would I not ask somebody that's been doing this for years? You know, why, why am I trying to reinvent the wheel? And actually our, our, um, family pastor at our church sent out this great email. <laughs> His name happens to be CJ Malott, some relation. Yeah. Um, and he told me well, that all that content, 14 tips for how to you know, manage home, all that came from you. Basically. So, um, I mean, <laughs> we try, we try not to let these out very often, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't anyway, mean to brag, but no, yeah, I that, mean, that was me. That was me. <laughs> so I, I just, we're very thankful to have you on. Yes, uh, when sure. I heard that, I'm like, let's just get her on and, and talk to her as well. Um, so, uh, with that said, let's just jump into some of these some of these practical tips. Um, we're about a when this podcast will go out. Um, just full disclosure, we're recording this early because of the stay-at-home requirements uh, that just got pushed out. But um, when this uh, gets published, we're, we'll be about a week and a half into managing school at home and yep. this is this is different than homeschooling because mm -hmm. we do have teachers giving you content and uh, giving you assignments things like that so the teachers are still involved um, so it's not really homeschool it's, it's hybrid school mm -hmm. uh, but the parents are the managers of the, the classroom managers right now you gotta be at home making sure everybody's pedaling the bike that's right so. that's right um, so we're about a week and a half in and I know um, already I know that there's some struggling you know there's there's some fireworks that happen when you manage your own kids and, and education at home so uh what are some ways what are some tips that you have from your experience um that that could help and and just a broad category i noticed one of these tips uh, starts out with schedule mm -hmm. and i think that's a category that has lots of lots of effects yeah so i mean anytime you're uh if you're a teacher in the classroom or you're um homeschooling 
schedule is going to be your friend. Um, you know this when your kids are babies. You know the doctors um, advise that you get on some sort of a schedule. It doesn't have to be every minute, but um, schedules are important to kids. Um, for most children, they need a routine. Um, even your high school kids, um, to some extent, need some sort of, especially in this time where there's a lot of uncertainty, need that normalcy. Um, and so I would say as, as much as you want to schedule, um, to make a schedule, it can be, I mean, I, when we are early on in homeschooling, I try to make it, you know, 30 minutes for spelling and 30 minutes for math. And that's kind of gone by the wayside, um, for us, but that might work for your children. Um, that's the nice thing about being home with your kids is you get to know what works and what doesn't work with your kids. Um, and so now, especially since mine are o older, it's a little more free form for them because I'm trying to get them independently working to where, you know, if they want to do math at the beginning of their day, and that's probably the way I would have been because math is hard for me. So I needed all my, I would need all my brain cells to do math. So that would probably be the first thing I would do and then work from there. But, um, so schedule, yes, but then there's flexibility within that schedule, if I that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think you touched on this, but the age of the student may mm -hmm. matter a lot. You know, you're talking about having 30 minutes for one discipline, mm -hmm. 30 minutes for the next. And that probably is wise, particularly for younger students. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. As they get older, they are more self-directed. They have more um, of their own kind of view of the way things go best for them. They're more self-aware, mm -hmm. um, able to think about how they learn and things like that. One of, one of ours asked me the other day, he said, Dad, do I need to do my stuff in the same order mm -hmm. that I, I mean, do I need to basically follow mm -hmm. my school schedule? Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, no, I don't think you necessarily need to go in the same order, but you just need to make sure you're consciously walking through each of your classes in the day. Well, that's a it's a student who's a little bit older and able to kind of mm -hmm. walk himself through those things. A younger student may need a little more direction on those things. Right. And I would add, too, that if you have multiple children who are younger and need more supervision to maybe, you know, you're going to have to fix your schedule around what they need supervised. So if they need math supervised more so than reading, then you're going to have to rotate your kids through you doing math. Right. So while they're one kid's doing math with you, then the others could be reading or doing their science or their history or whatever. Um, so you kind of have to determine with your kids what's going to have to take your time and then fix your schedule around that rotation. And that's why you're here, because that's brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I did not well, that's from that, homeschool that's, moms yeah. that I've watched with multiple younger children. Um, and we have, the, we have the opportunity to do, like, history for our whole um, family and not have it, you know, divided in eight. That's that's one of the flexibilities of homeschooling or science. Like we could do all science for all of our younger ones. So we have a little bit more flexibility in that area, but there is a rotation that needs to happen with what's going to take the most time one, from you. One challenge I know some of our families are facing right now is having to rotate through devices. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, basically um, we've got, our own kids kind of rotating mm -hmm. time on a, on a particular device so that they can, hey, one student needs to watch all of their 
videos and then the next they need to start independent work and the next student needs to come in and, and right. watch videos on them because we don't we don't have a we are not a one-to-one family I right put it that yeah. Way. so yeah uh, that's that's helpful too so yeah. we're tied, tied together and that's where the schedule is going to head off some of the frustrations from parents and with siblings um is just knowing when the computer is available to you and then knowing you know when you need to allow someone else to be on that so it's going to take some brain power on parents part to to come up with those schedules especially in your case where you have multiple children needing you know just a couple of devices um but it can be done it's just going to take a little bit of thought uh, i'm a, a parent of a kindergartner as, as i mentioned even on the podcast before but um, having a start time is incredibly mm-hmm. helpful for him uh, because if you're just have this ambiguous, we'll do school today at some mm-hmm. point, um, there's going to be a fight when it's yeah. time to start. But yeah. If you've communicated nine o'clock, mm-hmm. eight thirty, school starts, even for a kindergartner, mm-hmm. once it's eight thirty, okay, well it's school time. That's right. what you told me. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 been helpful for for us yes, already. Very much so. Um, within that schedule. Um, what about uh, should should you plan for breaks and, and recess and outside time for yes, kids? Yes, for sure. And even older kids. Um, and as my kids got older and maybe needed, they were growing and needed more sleep. There were even times where we would do all of our home homework chores and all of that in the morning. And then I sometimes I figured out that their brain worked better after lunch. After um, a cup of coffee. After and a, and a meal and some just get things ready for the day and um, but that's like an extreme case I would say I would start you know since they've been in school um, start you know at nine o'clock they can sleep in a little bit you know that's yeah. kind of an, a luxury that's afforded right now um, but start at nine o'clock and you know for little people a couple of subjects and then let them go do something, then bring them back. I would say the caveat with that is I learned with um, one of our children that um, letting them go for a few minutes, it was hard to get them back. Well, and that may so, be where yeah. scheduling that time, mm-hmm. again, the schedule helps. Hey, listen, we're going to go let you run amok, but it's only going to be for 30 minutes. Right. And then we're coming right back to mm-hmm. it. But also what you said is helpful in this is for one child, you realize this. Yes. And so – a lot of the advice we're giving is, is probably going to have to vary. Yeah. You need to know your kid and know what works and see what doesn't work. And yep. It's a lot of trial and error. To, to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the schedule, I noticed on this, the tips mm-hmm. you gave, uh, you talked about a wake-up time and a, a bedtime. Um, and and you know, I could see the value in that as well. And then you also mentioned here, get dressed. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done so so well with that, I'll be honest. Um, but I feel like it helps when you're not in your pajamas all day. This is not like a snowstorm, you know, hurricane for a few days. This is going to possibly be a long thing. And so to feel normal, um, you know, you can't stay up till midnight every night and then wake up at 10. And it's just after a while, it's just going to feel gross. And so... Um, to kind of keep that with your kids too. And, and you're going to need time at the end of the day, honestly. Um, after you've been with your kids all day, you're going to need a minute um, to kind of right. 
get you guys go outside out. and play. Right. Or go to bed here. at eight and read. <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> and do. then we'll see you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'll need a minute. Um, I mean, there's a, a theological foundation uh, for this, and that is that God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. And um, that's a, uh, the reality is when we're, we're not in routine, uh, we're just not as productive. Mm-hmm. There are valuable times to be out of routine mm-hmm. for rest and, and recuperation and all that kind of stuff. But right now, we're in a season where a routine will be extremely, mm-hmm. extremely beneficial uh, to not waste what we've been given. Right. And, and we have been given, we've mentioned this already in both episodes, uh, there's opportunity in this as well. Mm-hmm. And if we don't order ourselves, we're going to miss the opportunities that are provided mm-hmm. in this, even if it's just enjoying time with family. Yeah not going to be enjoyable if we don't have yeah. a routine we'll waste it yeah. um so uh very very good tips on on schedules and, and order uh routines anything else on on routines that y'all wanted to say before we move on we talked about trying to put some resources in the oh, yeah. show notes mm-hmm. so that might be something to look for yeah. uh, at bare minimum uh i'll, I'll put in a, a spreadsheet that just is a pre-made schedule that you can feel mm-hmm. free to download and Put in your schedule and write yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if we find something else helpful, yeah. um, in there. this is not necessarily related to having a schedule. So maybe I'm getting ahead of you here. But you okay. you talked about having a space mm-hmm. that's dedicated, and I really like that. I know you mentioned also that uh, your son worked well outside mm-hmm. at a picnic table or something mm-hmm. like that, and um, having a space where you like to work. I think everybody understands that as adults, uh, many of us have a space where we work well, mm-hmm. and it's got to be a space that's comfortable to you, that, that um, maybe it's even aesthetically pleasing to you, but it's quiet, you're able to concentrate, there are not distractions. There are so many areas where just liking what you're doing matters. I mean, I, I know this is silly, but I, I've even said before, I, I really believe I read my Bible more when I have a Bible I really like. And, and I think the same could be said of something like workspace. If you like where you're working, I think you're more productive and I think you're more likely to do good work. And so having a, a space that's dedicated for the schoolwork probably is important. Probably better than laying in the bed for your work. I mean, <clears throat> we're a little flexible in that. Mm-hmm. We have we do have a room in our house. It's our schoolroom. Um, and it's, it's different now that our oldest is, you know, in college – one thing I would caution is the computer and the internet and those kinds of things. Um, we've never allowed Wi-Fi upstairs. Um, and so our computer upstairs is uh, just a basic, like they can type papers on or whatever. So if you have to have two devices and maybe one upstairs, one downstairs or whatever, I would say turn off the Wi-Fi to the one upstairs and just say you can type papers or you can, you know, whatever you can do offline. Um, so our computers have always had to be monitorable like they are at school um i i walk by frequently and see what not just for um you know the content but making sure that they're staying on task um so yes a dedicated space possibly for the computer but then if you have multiple children at the table um distractions can happen within that and so it might be you know where somebody does go off outside to do their reading or in their beanbag chair upstairs, but the computer stays, 
in one place. And, and dedicating space doesn't mean it's the same dedicated right. space every Forever. day, right? Yeah. And a change of pace is mm -hmm. also helpful sometimes, mm -hmm. too. And I'm, I'm glad you said what you said about um, devices and that sort of thing. I think it is wise, just in general, mm -hmm. as parents to say there will not be devices in private spaces like right. a bedroom or something like that. I just doing schoolwork at home aside, mm -hmm. just in general, mm -hmm. it is not wise to have kids taking devices that are mm -hmm. connected to the internet or something like that into private spaces. Right. It's probably so, worth a podcast in and of itself uh, about yeah. device management. Yeah. Right. Right. And we probably will at some point. Yeah. It's one of the things I would like for us to touch on. But just as a, as a general thing right mm -hmm. now, um, I would say to all parents, you do not want your kids taking devices into – it's just – Asking for trouble. Right. Not Good things aren't going to happen right. through, through that. And mm -hmm. so um, there's not anything they need to do in, in, in a private place on, on that device that's going to be good for them that they couldn't also do out mm -hmm. in the open. And mm -hmm. so – Devices should be out in the open, particularly where they have some sort of internet connectivity. So, like for just for example, in our household, our kids know um, all devices stay in public spaces. Mm -hmm. They just don't even go to a bedroom or anything like that at all. Right. So they stay out in the dining room or something like that. I just saw another point on here that is tied to a schedule. Uh, you had said do schoolwork every day. The temptation, and I've already heard students saying this, the temptation might be to finish one week's worth of a, dis a subject in one day, but it's best to keep a routine and do schoolwork every day. Yeah. Um, you want to expound on that at all? or I mean, that... um, my thought with that was I, I have one of my children who, um, now there are times where we do, I do say, you know, you can do all, you know, you can do your grammar and three days because on Friday we have to be gone or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Um, the only subject I don't allow that to happen with is math because if you do an hour of math and, you know, that's a lot of your brain power that's gone. Um, but the reason why I said that because, because the temptation is going to be, oh, I could read this whole book in one day and then be done with it. Um, there's two problems with that. A, you're not going to be reading for um, comprehension or for thoughtfulness. And then the second thing is, is you're going to be bored. <laughs> I mean, this school routine is going to keep your kids and your family. Um, hopefully there will be a little more peace in your home by having a schedule and a routine, however long this extends. And so to, to say, well, I'm going to finish my schoolwork by Wednesday and then I'll have Thursday and Friday to do nothing. That's just kind of a recipe for disaster, I think. <clears throat> I thought that was helpful. I've, I've already heard students say, yeah. I finished this whole class right now and i you know that that's a great point mm -hmm. it keeps that routine yeah, going. yeah. um I, I think there's a, a potential uh temptation on two ends of another topic which mm -hmm. is um there are going to be students that have that mentality i want to mm -hmm. get it all done right mm -hmm. now so that i can be done um and they might feel like you know I've, i i think there needs to be more work this was easy mm -hmm. for me to get done um, and then there's another side of this, which is how in the world are we going to do this right. every day? Yeah. And and these tips are helpful for both of those. But what might you say to that overachieving student that is thinking, man, I wish I had more work to do in this class. That seemed really quick and easy. Yeah. Um, do we have do you have some advice? And I'm really thinking about number seven and number ten right here on your list uh, when I ask that question. So yeah, 
What's some advice for over overachievers? So I would say that this is a unique opportunity that we're faced with. Um, we have kids like this in our classrooms. I mean, we have kids mm -hmm. that um, are, are done with their schoolwork and ready for more. And so um, as parents, what do we do with that? And that's where I add in enrichment things at home. Um, you know, we learned we were doing something, I don't remember last year, but for some reason, uh, my youngest got into space and exploration and things like that. And so I just started fueling that, you know, like, let's watch this um, documentary and let's look at NASA and let's do, you know, so if you have a child who's overachieving in a certain area or is finishing their work quickly, um, there's, I mean, the whole internet's basically at your disposal right now. And there's never been a time where all of these things have been open to parents. It's a little overwhelming for me, honestly. But, I mean, if your kid's into animals, there's live zoo feedings that you can, you know, go and watch. Or there's um, there's plenty. I mean, get on Pinterest and find a craft and say, here, go make this. Or go outside and make a nature journal. I mean, there's so much enrichment that you can do. We actually watched a video yesterday of penguins going downstairs. Yeah. If you want your day cute. to be better, go watch a video of penguins <laughs> going downstairs. It's it's yeah. It's just adorable. I mean, there's so much out right now. So, yeah. um, and then this other one, give give your kids challenges. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Jones actually had a really cool idea about a challenge. Um, is this is this a time where yeah, you we can to... we can yeah, we can roll it out. I, I may I may roll it out through email even before people watch this. Yeah, so you might already know about this challenge by um, the time you see yeah, this. Yeah, but but. This ties into maybe some some extra things to do right now, and yes. that's what made made you think of this idea. Yeah, just several families who have said, "Hey, you know, I have one of my students that gets through their things quickly and is looking to be challenged, and so uh, we thought we might just roll out a, a challenge." And so the the idea is going to be uh, that students are to build something with their hands or make something with their hands. And uh, there aren't really a lot of restrictions on that even. It could be a tool. It could be a game. Uh, it could be a cake boss level cake. It, you know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really matter except that uh, the student is making something with their hands. And, uh, and so there will be uh, some, some awards given at the end of that for anybody that wants to take mm -hmm. us up on that. But it's something I'm excited about because I want to see what – it will be a, a unique way to see what our kids are – gifted in and things that they do and are capable of that we don't get to see in an ordinary classroom mm -hmm. setting. And, uh, you know, something you said, um, in the, in the first episode of this podcast, Scott, was that, uh, education is bigger than the classroom. That was your statement. And that's really what got my mind to thinking about Deuteronomy chapter six and teaching our kids, uh, when you lie down and when you rise up and when you walk by the way, uh, that's, that's, what kind of got the, the wheels turning there and um, education really is bigger than the classroom. Mm -hmm. Amy, you mentioned already uh, working to foster thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. That's what we're after. Mm -hmm. the, the task isn't run through my classes, mm -hmm. get the work Absolutely. done, check the boxes, call it a day. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty minimalistic and anemic view mm -hmm. of, of what education is all about. Education should foster creativity. It should bring in challenges, it should enrich, and it should foster thoughtfulness. And when you said thoughtfulness, uh, Philippians 4, uh, verses 8 and 9, or really verse 8, 
came to my mind. Uh, Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So what is our task as educators? What is our task as parents? It's to get our students thinking. Well, okay, what are they to think about? We have a, a, an excellent list right here of, of all the things that we're to ask them to think about and what they are being assigned in their classes are means to this end. We want them thinking about what is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy. Those are the things we want them filling their minds with. So if it's, let me check the boxes and go do my own thing, I don't know that we're doing that. So our task as parents, our task as educators, is to get them thinking, to, to promote thoughtfulness and thoughtfulness that's healthy. And so with these challenges, the enrichment, uh, and, and even what they're doing in their classes themselves, this is the goal right here. Absolutely. Um, I had a note on here about broadening our aim when we talk about education. Um, if, if it's not just getting the word done. My students know this. Um, if, if your child is in a study hall with me, they've heard me uh, give some feedback on this statement. I'm, I don't have any work to do right now. Mm -hmm. um, that, that is one of my pet peeves, especially in, in a study hall, because that's such a narrow view of what education mm -hmm. is. We need to broaden that aim and see that education is not just about getting work done, but a launching pad for exploration. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you're into this, well, then explore it. Yeah. Go. Um, fi find an extra book or find a, mm -hmm. a, a video or whatever it is. Go explore it. Um, get excited about it. Um, and um, ask your let your teachers know. If that's the case, you're in that subject, hey, this was really fascinating to me. Um, you parents aren't alone in this. All right? We... we all of our teachers um, are, are here to help you think through, well, what might be an enriching thing to do that go along to go alongside this student's desire? Um, and that's also true if you're struggling. If, if you've got the student that, that is having a hard time getting through this, let us know that too um, so that we can help you think through some of those things. Um, so like I said to start this out, you're not homeschooling. It's hybrid schooling, and you do have teachers and resources um, that – want to help that's why we're doing this podcast is to help um so so don't forget that reach out and let us know um i, I think that's that's a pretty good wrap up of this list mm -hmm. and i just want to say thank you again sure. uh for being willing to come up yeah. here and, and be on the, the show with us and yeah amy thank you for doing that yeah. i know that'll be really helpful for our families and um as we do each time we would, we would also say to the families uh, that if you have further questions we want to be able to answer them if you have challenges that come up uh, we want to be able to help you think through those challenges and so scott what's the exhortation as it relates to questions send in your questions to questions at founderschristian.org um, and i think it's it's probably about that time for our, our dad joke of the day all right well then yeah. we'll bring in dan baker for the dad joke of the day <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you again amy oh i will say uh, I, will, I will also put these 14 things uh, that were sent out by our, our family pastor in the, in the description and, and show notes if you're looking on the, the podcast version. So look, look for that too. Um, and no, this was from our family pastor. So there, there, there are really good tips here for family ministry, not just mm -hmm. education. So I'm going to put all those on there for everybody. All right. Great.
Amy, thank you. Appreciate you doing that. It's a little easier in this. Well, it's that time. Uh, dad joke of the day with Dan Baker. What you got for us today, Dan? Well, as a math teacher, you'll appreciate this one. Did you guys hear that the fattest night at the round table was circumference? <laughs> he, he acquired his size by eating too much pie. I, I was expecting pie to get in there. Yeah, for I sure. Was, for yeah. sure. So I do like circumference. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, thank you, Mr. Baker. All right. Y'all have a good week. Signing off.